Already high energy you show. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it 5150 episode 27? Seven. 27. Why am I never sure? Like, we Because <laughs> there's no way of knowing. That's that's the thing. I mean, we did take a short a short break. Yeah. In, in the middle of this, and uh, that might have something to do with it. But. Yeah. Or it's episode two brackets 2020. That's, you know, either way. Yeah, if, if we're doing uh, seasons. <laughs> No, I think we should keep it. For, I think we should keep it. For, for the box set, like that. <laughs> See? Um, earlier today, I went to a Target, and I saw uh, someone had a Target shop, left a Target shopping cart, and they had just, they had a, an American flag on a pole that they had just rolled up, put in the cart, and just left the whole thing in, like, the parking lot, and I, I thought. Wow. That there's a it's metaphor iconic. in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's, know where it is. It's like but. a. Dylan Jafar album cover <laughs> yeah, right there. <laughs> I have a collection of weird things I've seen during this stay-at-home order. So we're in this for a, for for a while, yeah. I think we're. I've been saying we're more than halfway through this for about three months. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it feels like forever <laughs> before it started. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, we might actually be um, on the back straight. We might be, might be heading towards this being not over, but like some some. The coffee shop near me has reopened. I'm happy about that. I can actually. I know you don't. You have no interest in, in yeah, consuming yeah. speed drugs, but uh, the <laughs> nail to the X. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can finally walk out and get get a, a cup of coffee. You have to stand in line, obviously, uh, six feet apart. Um, everyone's wearing masks. It's really like Chernobyl out there. It's very, very, very frightening, but yeah, totally worth it to to not have my uh, instant coffee that I've been consuming for the last 105 years. I have along the <laughs> lockdowns bit now. Yeah, rash of celebrity deaths just this morning. Um, Roy from Siegfried and Roy uh, died. Yes, uh, yeah, that's that's both of them now, right? That's, that's the complete set. I thought wasn't didn't Siegfried die? If, if only there was ago. some way I could fact check that. Hold on. No, it, it seems like Siegfried's still alive. Oh, okay. So well then, he's he's good. I mean, not good. Probably he's probably broken up about Roy, but you know, alive. You'd expect that, Roy passed on little richard also just passed on as well yeah i was i was surprised he was still alive for some reason he was one of the ones i thought i thought had gone a while ago yeah yeah i I had him like with johnny thunders and people like that who had gone in the 70s i get that might not be accurate either but i had i had them as down as like very influential important figures from from deep in the past that also didn't make it, but apparently no, apparently yeah, no. <laughs> up until up until this morning, little Richard Levin. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I had the same thing with uh, Jonathan Winters died, and I was like, did yeah. he die like twenty years ago? <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Th- there were a lot of celebrities that you're like, oh, <laughs> I mean, good, good for them, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a run. Um, uh, yeah, and who who else do we want to? I want to uh, well, shout out this week. Sh- shout out your boy. Hillard Atkinson from uh, Was Not Was uh, died th- this week. And um, the, the most important thing that Was Not Was ever did, as far as I'm concerned, was the novelty pop hit, uh, Everybody Walked the Dinosaur, the chorus of which we stole, I stole, and then text at the end of one of uh, WizCon's finest songs. <laughs> so that gave me an excuse to repost that this week. Because always use someone else's death as, <laughs> as a way of self-promoting something that you don't even do anymore. Man, you're, That's... you're nailing this capitalism thing. It's like, you're just <laughs> right on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a tasteful man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tasteful and respectful. Yeah, uh, Florian Schneider of Craftwork and the... 
dude from Bad Company also also passed on. Yeah. So uh rough week. Air quotes rock and roll. Um and air quotes l- lost a lot of people this week. So that's kind of a bum out. Um to take our minds off of that, we uh we both participated in a Facebook meme that's been going around. You want to describe yeah, that? Yeah, th- this is a f- this is a kind of a fun one. Um, it was um, influential video games. So a- any not necessarily your favorite games, just th- games that I took it as games that you can sort of remember and games that um, meant something to you at the time. I and mean, sometimes you think about video games, and sometimes you think, oh yeah, I like that bit in that game where X Y Z happened. Uh, so we we each picked out like uh, it was a week long. So let's see how many days in a week. That's uh, oh. 20, Seven. Yeah, uh, 20, 28. <laughs> like, it's so long. Uh, this, this week? 105 days. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, sort of went through a bunch of uh, a bunch of games. I, I think we both did them in sort of chronological order. I tried to pick one per platform that I've used or owned in, in my life. Um, your, your first game was, was it Necromancer? It was, ne- yeah. So the Atari I, game? I, I Yeah, I, um, I put on some extra rules to myself, which was like, don't pick the games that everyone else is also like super influenced by. So it's like you know, okay. yeah, to- totally fair. Otherwise, everyone would be like, "Well, fucking Mario Brothers." Yeah, it's like <laughs> Mar- Mario, Mario Three, like one yeah, of the those, Zelda. Those games, games are like, fucking amazing, but you know, there's some there's some e- indie hits and B sides in it that we should yeah. break over as well. Yeah, so I went, I went, I went elitist hipster and was like, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking pick out some like choice nuggets, um, like. The first system we ever owned was in the, the last, I think the last like kind of old generation Atari system was the Atari XT, uh, which you Ooh, could put a okay. modem and stuff on. And um, yeah, so there's this game, Necromancer, which you're a wizard who plants trees and kills monsters in a graveyard yeah. sometimes. It doesn't make any sense. It's super weird. Incredibly hard. Uh, yeah, it, it looked like one of those um, simple concept games that you would spend hours and hours just grinding at to, to try and like get pick the right pixel in the right place to, to make it happen. Yeah, so imagine me super like I don't know five or six or whatever, just throwing controllers around, being so mad yeah. at Necromancer. That's that's my life. That's that's how I lived it. Uh, you, what was your first one? First one was a uh, Positron, which is this weird sort of space invader type clone oh, yeah. uh, that was on the the Acorn Electron, which was um, there was a, there was a, a computer made for schools, uh, which I think which is called the BBC Micro, and I think it was some sort of um, thing between um, Acorn Electronics and uh, I'm not sure that's the, that's the right name. Maybe maybe, that's, maybe they're not called that. I think I think it is the Acorn Corporation yeah. and uh, the BBC, the, the the people that make Doctor Who. Um, to build these these computers for schools, and that was really cool, but it's very expensive. And then he had a much cheaper one that you get um, uh, for for home use uh, called the the Acorn Electron, and it had loads of cool things. It had Basic built into it, and it had all these different modes you could switch to, and it had quite a few games, uh, not good games, but like sort of like time absorbing games. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this Positron game I really remember is just like you know left right fire kind of really it, well, it, simple. Yeah, it is Space Invaders, but like slightly weirder like all the enemies like for each stages seem to get like more bizarre like it's just like oh now yeah. we got a couple of, like vibrating pixel boxes we'll just have that be a thing because that's the thing you could shoot right and the, the enemies don't like move in ranks they kind of swarm like a bunch of mosquitoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah be honest strange i had never heard of that there wasn't a ton of overlap between our lists 
I think we had both played your second choice, Cybernoid. Oh, yeah, Cybernoid, the fighting machine, <laughs> as opposed to Cybernoid, the, the tax collector. <laughs> so, yes, Cybernoid, the CPA. Um, I, I, had, I had that on the Nintendo Entertainment System, the second, like, console that I that we had as a thing. They I remember that being... Um, the Spectrum was a very like, simple machine, and I got it towards the end of its life when it was really being, like, really people knew how to make it do things. They still weren't very impressive, but it was like, it was running an absolute kind of like, oh my God, how's it possible to do this stuff? Um, so the, the Spectrum was absolutely on fire when I got it. And, and uh, so I got this game, uh, Cybernoid, by um, the, the Houston consultants with this uh, pretty good software company that used to make very classy games. Um, and I, it looks it looks incredible. There's, there's more colors than the Spectrum should really be able to do somehow on the screen. Yeah, the Nintendo uh, it, it one seemed... is much, it seems more muted than like. Yeah, the thing. yeah, and it has different music. And yeah. one of the one of the best things about the, the Specky version was the, uh, uh, the, the Dave Rogers um, soundtrack, which is absolutely superb. And then I, I watched some of the, uh, the YouTube clip that you sent of the Nintendo version. It's like, this is, this isn't as good. Like the music is doing the heavy lifting in this game. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Nintendo has some great soundtracks. That's not one of them. They oh, clearly, absolutely, yeah. Clearly phoned that one in a little bit. Um, uh, we both uh, featured fighting games with... I think we're confusing the plots of all the fighting games we've ever played into... We might have brought this up before on the podcast, we but totally I, for did. some reason... For some reason, Double Dragon is the one where you have to rescue the president's daughter. No, that no, that's yeah. that's not true. That doesn't happen. Uh, you have to rescue Marion. I, I commented this in the in the yeah. in the review that you have to rescue Marion. She's been kidnapped. But you and other dragon. I don't know the names of the guys. I can't. I didn't look that up. Um, uh, you, you, if you beat the end level boss on, on two player, you both get to fight over who wins Marion. So, <laughs> not, <laughs> isn't that nice? Not great. A <laughs> lot of a lot of agency for Marion there. <laughs> Yeah, I picked uh, the arcade version of Final Fight, which is the mayor's daughter is kidnapped. Right, that's the one. By, that's like, the one that I always think of. <laughs> a weird punk rock <laughs> gang that also has a clown guy in it and the dirty cop. It's unclear. Yeah, uh, the guy um, who makes the phone call to the the mayor. Also, the mayor is a former professional wrestler. Yeah, Hagar. This game is the best. <laughs> Final Fight is great. <laughs> He's uh, he's got like long dreadlocks and and uh, sunglasses and he's it looks a little yep, Stevie Wonderish. This guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, also I think that's the one that has one of the best like game over screens where it just cuts to the daughter with like I want to say a bomb attached to her with a countdown or a fuse going. It's like brutal. Like that's it. If you want to continue, yeah. It's like uh, oh, the, the, you want to continue because it's on you. <laughs> But Blood will be on your hands if you don't <laughs> put another quarter in. Um, I, I watched the end of that this morning. Um, I watched both the beginning and the end. Not because there's an hour long video of playing the whole thing, and I, you know, I, I get beat em ups, but watching a beat em up isn't. Yeah, okay. no. It's um, not... So you cut to the end, and you know, you be, you beat the the final bad guys, and the the mayor is reunited with his daughter. It's a weird shot, which looks like. Um, the, the sort of white background, but it's slightly ruffled, and it looks like bed sheets. It looks like it's an over-the-top <laughs> shop of them in bed together. I'm not sort of like reading into the more than there is, but it's like, oh, you should have just picked a different color there. <laughs> yeah. Would it would have looked different? Uh, and then she she follows um, Cody. I think it's yeah. Cody and Guy. Cody and it's, yeah, in the anyway, arcade it's it, Cody's. I think the boyfriend and Guy or Gee. It's unclear what. 
what his participation she, in the- she's my friend too i'm going to do some fighting <laughs> i think it's in the opening line <laughs> anyway um she, she catches up with cody and, and has been like i can't believe you're leaving and shit i'm, I'm making the dialogue <laughs> much better than it was <laughs> can't believe you're leaving and shit and he's like i have to leave because uh i can't how can i stay here when evil still stalks the streets i'm like Didn't you just win <laughs> yeah. isn't metro city safe now uh, yeah didn't you? I mean, you you beat up a lot of people. Like who? who saw? <laughs> How many more people are there in Metro City? <laughs> yeah. And like, who? Oh, there's a lot of people just flashed different colors and died. <laughs> like yeah. And of the people who are left, how many were like, I just saw what went down. I think I have a shot. Like, did, did they yeah. look at that? They're like, mm-hmm. who, who's looking at like, oh, gap in the market for crime. <laughs> Sign me up. It's like you just saw the mayor like pile drive people over and over again, <laughs> literally until they disappear. Also, totally on brand for that man. <laughs> like, yeah, that was... I, I'm unclear what he normally wears to the office because he's like, I'm fighting crime. <laughs> Overalls with only one suspender. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um. So, so that that was uh, ah man, games in the eighties. <laughs> Fifty-one fifties. As we've already established, you're lonely, misanthropic, isolated freaks. No offense. This is what a demographic breakdown of our listenership tells us. But does it have to be this way? Up until recently, yes, yes, it does. Get used to the idea of dying alone. Maybe get a cat. Maybe build one of those ships in a bottle. But that's all about to change. You might not know his business, but you will know his voice. Introducing Jeff Tate's Hot Dates. It's the fastest growing dating site for fans of music that's simultaneously challenging and boring. Don't take our word for it. Jeff himself has this to say. Because we're in litigation, there is a concerted effort to create a personality for me. To try to create a smear campaign, really. Wow, Jeff, slow down. That's some hot stuff. Or should I say, that's a Fahrenheit overture. Jeff doesn't guarantee this app will bring you true happiness. He doesn't even guarantee that you'll find your own Jet City woman. He does guarantee that this app will cost $3.50 a month. The diminished possibility of loneliness has never been cheaper. Jeff Tate's Hot Dates. Take cover. Don't miss out. Hey, guess what? Uh, We're back! Look at that. I don't know if I peaked. I don't feel like that was that loud. It was just uh, maybe a little bit. It was just gross sounding. Anyway, we're back. Don't give the people what they want every time. (laughs) No, you gotta, gotta. (laughs) Otherwise, they'll come back. (laughs) Look, there's four people who every once in a while look at our Facebook page. They, They know what they want. Who are who are these? I people? have no idea. I'm sure there's analytics so, somewhere that I can look. <laughs> Main segment this week. Uh, Nostalgia. A retrospective <laughs> of uh, yeah, kinda. I mean, like you said, the, the History Channel is technically eh, everything because it's stuff that happened in the past. I mean, it's not happening in the future. <laughs> we, so we were able to point a camera at it. <laughs> um, Watch alone, everyone. Alone is great. <laughs> <laughs> 
mildly obsessed with a show where people just get dropped <laughs> off in the woods and slowly lose their minds while trying to catch fish. It's, it's really, it's really something else. I can, I can see how the, that echoes what's going on right now. Except, you, ah, at least I don't have to catch my own fish. <laughs> at least I have an. I don't have to build a structure on like a marsh or whatever. Alone is incredible. <laughs> the first couple episodes, everyone's just like, "This is hard," but I'm gonna. I'm. I got this. And then by the end of it, people are just yelling in the buckets and like <laughs> <laughs> making up songs about the stuff that they're doing, which is weird because that's I do that in my everyday life. I didn't need to be isolated for fifty days to start just narrating my life through song like out loud. But you know, but I'm a weirdo, so I have that working. No, I think that's fairly common. I'm, I, I, have, I have the "Where Is My Keys" song is a, a perennial hit in my house. There's a lot of like, I'm I am just like. It's I'm like if you cross Jack Kerouac with um, this like Weird Al Yankovic where I take a song and then make it be about whatever I'm doing right at the moment. So it's just like, is it generally about food? Because that seems to be Weird Al's kind of kind obsession. Of, yeah. It's like, what if it was about macaroni instead of a woman? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, I'm making a pizza, so I start singing a pizza song. Um, <laughs> Sometimes it's just yeah I I don't know you know I'm I'm a I'm a weird dude. <laughs> anyway, this isn't the main segment. <laughs> main segment. The main, main segment is to look back at the the year 1992. Um, the, was was that was when I was sort of getting into metal, and one of the things that that I got was a magazine called Metal CD. The the interesting thing about Metal CD, it had a cover mounted guess what CD. <laughs> Um, the first issue I ever bought was issue two because, oh man, I just got into metal a month too late. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have a complete collection. <laughs> it, it had it had James Hetfield on the cover in full cowardly lion kind of <laughs> black album kind of, kind yeah, of thing. The, the uh, I don't remember bullet. anything about anything else about the magazine. Um, I looked at the cover this morning because that's available online. There's no scans of it anywhere online. It's I'm sure it's somewhere in my parents' attic, so I can probably get to it one day. <laughs> Metal CD too, with, with its with its cover metal metal CD. Uh, we're going to go through the actual uh, the, the tracks that were on there. We spent this week listening to them and uh, hopefully compiling amusing thoughts about <laughs> about the bands and and the tracks involved. So of all this, of all of the episodes we've done, this might be the most inside. Like this, <laughs> this is definitely this is very relatable. <laughs> this is definitely two months into a stay at home order idea. Like. What if we recreated a CD you mentioned in passing that was part of a magazine that wasn't available in the United States in, the, in 1992? Yeah, this will be a Proustian rush for everybody involved, not just me. Yeah, so there's an excessive amount of homework involved with, with this episode, but you know what? We used to ask, who is this for? Clearly, this one is for us more, more than anyone else. Or people in the UK who might from the nineties who might. Have oh yeah, it, it was a huge hit. Metal, metal CD <laughs> couldn't move for it. It was that a big drop off, then Krang, then Metal Hammer. Like Metal CD was the really the one that was riddling the roost. I I love uh, how half assed they were when they were like, "What should we call this?" Like work for what, me. What was this mag? What should this magazine be called? That seems like first idea, best idea, <laughs> and it just like worked. That's this might working. be why I don't remember much else about the magazine. <laughs> That's working title written. But either way, it. this was a good way to spend, I think, um, one pound ninety-five or possibly two pounds ninety-five, and get ten fresh tracks from. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> or, 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 or were they? <laughs> Let's see. So, strong starter for this in that friend of the pod, Dave Mustaine and Megadeth, are the lead-off track to Metal CD yeah. 2. Skin of My Teeth, uh, the first song on Countdown to Extinction. Yeah. And the uh, as, as Wikipedia tells me, the fourth single. They released four, <laughs> four singles off that fucking record. Wait, so it was... Uh, uh, I, I don't know the order. Symphony but, of Destruction... Uh, Yep. Um, sweating bullets. Sweating bullets. What's maybe the... countdown to extinction. Countdown. To... Maybe countdown to extinction itself. Oh, was it? Okay, that's the one I don't know because definitely I remember yeah. the videos and listening to Symphony of Destruction and like sweating bullets. Because I mean, th- those two really stand out. But this is a good song. Um, like... It is good. It is. <laughs> The vocals, uh, are, for, uh, no, the the vocals for, for Megadeth, it's very very good as well. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, it's, it is good. It's the the vocals are bordering on self parody a little bit. I mean, I know there's a lot of that in the course of that whole album, but <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Sweating Bullets being the the main one of, <laughs> of, of, of yes. Dave Mustaine being totally like not reined in at all. That's <laughs> that's his that's his newsroom. That's his. <laughs> That's his True Detective season two. That's just yeah, do, do whatever you want, Dave. People will go for it. You sure, you sure that's not Dawn Patrol? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Dawn Patrol so much. Um, yeah. But... Play it live, guys. Pretend to be a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, the solo is really nice. And uh... Oh, yeah. And, and, and the little scratches at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's cool. In a, in a, a, a collection of songs that has some not as good solos in it this is one of the the like high water marks for solos yeah and it's got that great drum riff at the beginning mm-hmm. like how, how it starts it's a good song yeah, it's good um it, it really grabs you um it's a really good production like i love i love how both the black album and the black album sister uh, <laughs> <laughs> are, are produced like they, they they sound great you've got like um Bands that can do thrash, but doing slower, thicker, groovier, mm-hmm. um, more rock songs, like four-minute rock songs with choruses and stuff, um, and produced in that in a, in in, the, in a way that that supports that kind of music. I think it's um, smart. I think I think that they're, it's just ah, it's just a belter. I really like this song. Yeah, is it the only song you can think of that's about being a victim of a hit and run? <laughs> I thought it was about suicide. Isn't it about being hit by a car? Like, am I wrong with this? All right, let's, let's it's, look. Go on. It's 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 a little confusing because it sounds like he's also like taking a bunch of sleeping pills and he's, he's cut his wrists. Okay, hold on. And he's what been is... hit by a car, and he's mad at his neighbor for having a wet brain. Oh wait, maybe he's the driver. <laughs> it's unclear because it's like wrapped around a tree, across rock, hit and run. The finish line for me. The finish line for me. <laughs> People clutter in the gutter. That is not a great lyric. <laughs> Take a look and see. Rhymes. <laughs> He's rhymed it. Yeah. Oh, I think he's the driver. This is okay. I'm really getting to the bottom oh, okay. of the of the the narrative that um that Dave Mustaine's trying to put forth is that. So what he, about all the sleeping pills that he did he take those before he? Uh, I'm assuming he took those before. Did he? Yeah. Did there's he an empty jar of sleeping or, pills or on they... a dresser in my room. My wet brain neighbor cranes his neck <laughs> in time to see. The white lights, a train bearing down on me. 
Oh, you see, that, that's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> train's not real. It's not like the train of consequences. My Buck's car life of style. That's, that's a real train. Oh, man. You just... Oh, we could, we could just do this song. <laughs> um, all right. Skin of my teeth. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Fair. Then straight in the Temple of the Dog. Yeah. Okay. Um... So how do you feel about Temple of the Dog? <laughs> I mean, previously my thoughts really began and ended with Hunger Strike. Which yeah. I think is so you thought they were a really good band that made, <laughs> <laughs> made one, really, one really good song, and you were like, I don't need to check them out. <laughs> I don't need to know any more about them. This song yeah. is enjoyable with a pretty <laughs> hilarious video that must have cost $5 to like produce. Um, yeah. Was unfamiliar with the song. It's your savior. Yeah, um, I, I was also. I mean, when I listened to it back, because I remember it from 1992, but it's it wasn't one of the ones that I've constantly like gone back to and checked out the uh, any, anything else by them um, in in the time since then. Although for this for this this project, I I tried to. I think I did it with all the bands. I, I found the album that each one was on and then tried to listen to the whole album that to, is... to get, get a flavor of each band. <laughs> so I, I did listen to this Temple of the Dog record. Um, how how was it's, it? it? It's all right. Um, this is not going to be the most charitable thing in the world to say, but I find Chris Cornell's vocals a bit tiring. Like after an hour of it, I'm like, I could. I need to listen to something else. This, I don't know if it's the frequencies hitting, but after a while, I'm like, I, I need you to give it a rest, Chris. This is a, and he's a great singer. Like he's and and a really not just like technically great, but like emotionally good. Like he generally makes good songs. Temple of the Dog, that songs aren't, aren't that great. But there's some great Soundgarden songs. Yeah. But after a bit, I was like, oh man, I'm. I need to turn this off. <laughs> it's it's the, yeah. the thing. The thing I think is good about it is also the thing I don't like about it. It's making me want to turn it off. Yeah, I, and we're going to talk about this as we get more into the CD. There's a lot of s- yeah. singers on this who have, who are really going for it, like yeah, at all really times, like never, never stop. It's just a hundred and ten percent commitment and like like using all of their abilities at once, which um, is is like yeah, it's a little it's a little grueling to listen to. I thought this yeah. song was just mostly like super boring, like a pretty boring mm. until the last like outro part, like the last yeah. 40 seconds of the, the last song. The last minute. It's like it works. It's like sort of cleanish reverby chorusy guitar like it gets really shimmery. Yeah. And and the, and the tune changes. Yeah. It's great. Instead of being kind of like slightly light duty and not it's like a riff that could kind of be heavy, but the production on it isn't it's like super heavy it seems like there's a bunch of clean guitar like or lightly distorted guitars mixed in with the heavier guitars playing like a drop d riff that should be heavy but it's not super heavy yeah yeah that, that's they've not they haven't nailed being heavy and i don't know if they're supposed to it's unclear what they're trying to do <laughs> yeah but it doesn't sound right but <laughs> stupid pearl jam but that last 40 seconds like i i actually like or minute or whatever the outro section is really good and i actually like it is, yeah. backed it up and listened to that again because i was like wait was that really good like because the rest of the song is like kind of not super great and it was like oh could he use more of that or that maybe that's the direction you guys should have yeah, gone for and, the and whole che- thing checking out the album like obviously hunger strikes good and your savior is pretty good, and the rest of it is really dirgy and like there's not there's nothing that really pops out mm-hmm. um 
And again, this is this could be because I'm more familiar with the stuff that on, on Metal CD2 than I am with the stuff on the rest of the of all of the albums. So I'm going to be saying this a lot, like, oh yeah, I like the one song that's on Metal CD2 and the rest of the albums is no good. <laughs> why? Because it because it didn't make me feel like I was 14. I don't know what's going on with it. I don't, yeah. I don't know why that record that I'm listening to the first time now doesn't have that power. So when when you heard the Ramones, did you think? Man, this version of Psychotherapy isn't as good as the one on Metal CD2, as covered by Skid Row. It's true. I, this is this is my first exposure to the Ramones. <laughs> like I I hadn't heard. Well, you know, this was early yeah. on, so I hadn't hadn't heard the Ramones. I'd heard. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, uh, hearing uh, Skid Row Ooh, uh, <laughs> cover this. Uh, it's a good song. Uh, they don't ruin it. <laughs> I don't think they ruin it. it musically, it's you, you. You love the Ramones more than yeah. I do, and you, you have more of a, a commitment to. So, so some hair metal band covering one of your favorites fucking Ramones songs probably not going to cheer you up. Well, no, it's fine. It's like um, I kind of wish they had made it more their style. Like um, musically, it's really yeah. faithful. Like because it's like they have Marshalls and they have humbucking guitars and they can mm-hmm. play. They they can play those riffs and the drummer can play that beat. And is it Sebastian Bach singing on this, or is it someone else singing on this? I think Sebastian. So this is from the the Skid Row album, Beside Ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, yeah. Yeah. All, co- all covers, all covers. One of which is a Rush cover. The <laughs> Wait, things I did for this podcast. Uh, what you're doing uh, by Rush. I I don't know that song. Okay. Yeah. Um. Also, well, well, we're. Well, we've come up. It has come on and love me, and it sounds exactly like come on and love me. It just, it just sounds, you know, <laughs> you could AB them and go, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, and then d- d- live version of delivering the goods, which I think is the same one as the video that I sent you uh, <laughs> yesterday. I haven't even managed to check that out yet. Which has Rob Halford, no leather, but sort of like no sh- no shirt and cargo shorts. And this is about like ninety ninety two ish. So Rob Halford's a little old for be do- to be doing that. <laughs> But not, <laughs> I'm not going to judge Rob Halford, but because he's he's in charge. Yeah. But didn't I, I don't know? Maybe maybe shirt on Rob. Like <laughs> he's no he 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 puts a fucking show on and and hits those notes and he's great. Yeah, because he um like because he's Rob Halford. Um, but yeah, it's like nah, stick stick with the leather stuff, man. That's 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 where you that's your wheelhouse. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah, psychotherapy like the. If it's Sebastian Bach, he's trying to put a little more edge in his voice and not just sing it like 18 in life and shit. But like, <laughs> um, so yeah, still, uh, you know, again, I'm, I sounded lukewarm on it. It's pretty good. I would listen to That's it again. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't skip over it if for some reason I was listening to Metal CD2 again. And uh, uh, a, a song that I might skip over from Metal CD2. Is Paper Scratcher by Blind Melon? What What are your oh. thoughts? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I I think I'm, I think I like all the songs on this, <laughs> but I, I I like this one. It's the, the um, generally Blind Melon I don't like. Um, I, and I put the record on to check, and yeah, I I, I don't. <laughs> but listen, to that first Blind Melon record, and it's all that um, uh, light sort of like blues, bluesy, funky, Hendrixy kind of guitars. Um, with, with a kind of hippie, like, almost like Beck, but not without the talent kind of vocals over it. Like he, he can sing, but he doesn't have like a. He's not original. Like like he's yeah. he's he's got a good voice or had a good voice, Shannon Shannon Hoon. Uh, but it, he's not like 
oh man, this this guy's a creative monster. He can just he does all he does all these things. He makes kind of very tumty tum rock songs. Yeah. But this one's pretty good. Yeah. I, I like this, the the um th- there's something about the, the chorus or possibly the second thing that is also a chorus uh, that's very catchy. So yeah. I. Um, his vocals. That's what I enjoyed. You were about talking it. about the the exhausting quality of uh, Chris Cornell's vocals. Sometimes I I definitely feel that way about Shannon Hoon. Wow. Like <laughs> I feel like he is like he's really he's really going for it on the song. Um, and it's just, it's just a lot to to process at any point. Also, I think there's a part right before like a break or a guitar solo where he talks about his soul leaving his body. Yes, on the day I die, I hope my soul will be released. (laughs) And then it goes into a a ripping guitar solo. (laughs) With loads of wah. um, (laughs) I know it's it's popular with the kids these days to use the the term laugh out loud in abbreviation (laughs) and text and whatnot. I legitimately laughed out loud when I I heard that weird spoken (laughs) word overwrought fucking just like bullshit line. I was like, I can't. (laughs) It's like holy shit! Is the the unintentional hilarity of it was just. What? You and Axel Rose are again on very different pages as far as uh, Shannon Hoon's voice because uh, "Don't Cry" co lead vocal on the yeah. on the original version of that, the single. Yeah, he's so. in the video inexplicably when they're on like a hell. Are they singing to each other? I haven't seen the video. <laughs> they're like. Uh... On top of building on like the helipad of like a tall, I'm assuming LA. Oh, it's on top of something. <laughs> and a helicopter circling them filming, and it's Guns and Roses, and then like a random dude off the street, and it's like, oh, that random dude off the street is the guy from. <laughs> it's not for Guns and Roses and Blind Melon <laughs> together. Um, uh, also, this is more of this again a s- aesthetic note. The drummer switches to double time for the shortest amount of time you could switch on to <laughs> double time before ending the song. You either do do that more, or just don't bother doing it. Like you're like <laughs> two measures of double time, or whatever it was. It's like that's not enough double time. <laughs> like, gotta, what what are we what are we doing? Drummer, that's your drum. note. Like, that's, <laughs> how about how about two minutes of just freezing moon at the end of this? <laughs> yeah, look, if they had made <laughs> if they had made that choice, where all of a sudden they sounded like fucking Leviathans, like. Tim sub-level suicide or whatever, I'd be like, oh, man, Blind Melon really stretching the boundaries of the... Of what we expect. Well, yeah, what this might have been. Yeah, this one kicked him over the edge, got him signed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, split decision on that, which I like. You seem to be... I, I don't know. I, I'm you, playing this back, even with my most my, my critical eye. I was I looked very favorably on almost everything on this. Yeah, you're a fan of vocal heroics as long as it's not Chris Cornell. Which, speaking of Chris Cornell, double Cornell. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Cornell on this. He's back. I mean, I know it was 1992, but wow, <laughs> grunge, grunge really gets a gets a look in. He's back. Slaves and bulldozers off Bad Motor Finger. Um, not the best song on that album, but. Good. No, um, there's there's like Jesus Christ pose, yeah, uh, uh, fucking outshined, rusty cage, outshined on there. Yeah, there's, there's some good stuff on yeah. there. Yeah, um, I didn't put it on because I was tired of his voice. <laughs> I like this one a lot. Um, it sounds really it's heavy, super slow. Yeah, uh, the, the bass at the beginning is really, uh, yeah, and as you said, it's really heavy. Like you can you can really hear how. Um, I remember um, we were talking about that a few years ago. Sadly, um, 
about having, oh, they sound like Black Sabbath. I'm like, no, they don't. They sound like Led Zeppelin. But here, before, especially before he starts singing, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can totally hear Sabbath in there. It's like yeah. down-tuned and, and slow and kind of primitive, simple riffs. It's like, yeah, this is this is cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like, especially uh, you're listening to the, the Blind Melon and then this comes on, it sounds like the heaviest thing you've ever heard. Part of that might be just <laughs> yeah, like, well, well-sequenced metal CD2. Whoever made that, like, really was like, okay, we got the black yeah, we'll melon. What should follow we'll that up? with that Megadeth song, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we got a really got a lot of jigsaw pieces after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all squares. Um, <laughs> tricky. Um, yeah, Cornell though. Um, there's a breakdown where Cornell goes full Shannon Hone and uh, really, really oh, goes yeah. for it. <laughs> Everything drops out. It just goes down, down to the bass, and he's all whispering. <laughs> and then he build, builds up back to the screaming. Though. Yeah, he builds up so. back to the screaming, but it's like, again, it, no one in the studio is like maybe 15% less. What if, what if we tried it just slightly slightly back it off? You know. Also, uh, and this, this might be a thing about especially early grunge, uh, especially uh, they would be like, oh, oh, hair metal's so self-indulgent and prog's so fucking... Um, this song's nearly seven minutes long. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it has... The solo is uh, baffling at times. I don't know. It had a real, like, testing equipment uh, vibe <laughs> to some of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Towards the end, it was like... It was like, are you, st- <laughs> it was like, are you still recording? <laughs> I- I'm done. <laughs> I've been done for a while. <laughs> yeah, and then a-, a band that I only knew because of their collaborations with Motorhead, to be quite honest. Girl school. I think this is this is the reason why most people know about yeah. about girl school is like oh yeah they did that one song with Motorhead they did um no possibly more than one song they did please don't touch please don't touch and was there and possibly possibly some school based song uh, <laughs> wasn't um it's like nine 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 emergency or something, something like that I think there's another song they like I feel like they might have done an EP yeah. or something where it was like Motorhead and, and girl school anyway girl school has a song on this because it's a UK based thing and they're like let's get some let's get some yeah. talent in here uh, <laughs> what what did you think of my ambition i was initially not sure what to make of it because the beginning of it is very like it's got that it's got that cult vibe like that real like she sells sanctuary kind of situation happening and i was like mm. for like 20 seconds and then it yeah <laughs> just long enough for me to be like song. is this the same girl school because this is markedly different than the girl school that i've heard when they've collaborated with Motorhead. <laughs> yeah, when, when it's Motorhead. <laughs> uh, and then it's like, okay, and then it becomes a fucking rock song. And it's like, all right. It's it's super enjoyable. I think it's super enjoyable. It's very dumb, but it's super yeah. enjoyable. Um, I, I had the same sort of feeling. Cause I, um, again, I didn't really know very much about them. I knew this one song. I knew they'd done stuff with Motorhead. They're a, they're a new wave of British heavy metal band, apparently. But this song sounds more like... This song like is more LA, Joan Jett, kind of mm-hmm. fairly slickly produced. And again, listen to the record. And it's all... It's not... It's all that sort of like good time, not very original. They have at least two or three songs with the word can't that starts like can't stop or like <laughs> can't get enough. Or it's, it's that kind of like... First idea, best idea. Yeah. Let's just keep the rock really, coming. Really like. mostly <laughs> defined by the things that they they will not stop doing. No matter <laughs> what. Like, what do you you know? What are you against? I, it's I really, think, what am I not against? 
like stopping certain things such as rocking or whatever else. Um, the amount of work put into stopping bands from rocking in the eighties and nineties, according to Paul Stanley, was was an awful lot. I love I love rock. I I know we've touched on this before, but I love rock bands where they like set up a classic like straw man argument about how people are <laughs> yeah. trying to stop them from rocking. We're, we're not going to take it. <laughs> this, yeah, is it? There's a kiss to a best the best one. It's not. Um, it might be in Crazy Nights about, about like <laughs> how. They're not going to let anybody stop them from doing this. <laughs> it's like, it was... <laughs> You've been doing it professionally for like 15 years at that point. <laughs> what are you, what are you Who's picketing these kiss gigs? <laughs> you have multiple live albums from arenas. Like, people are, are actively encouraging you to rock. Like, and they're not. <laughs> no, it's like, perhaps. It's also like ACDC where it's like, you know, people are really talking about how rock and roll is noise pollution. It's like, I don't know if that's a thing. Like, I don't know if anyone's like, it's just, it's too, it's just too loud. I just can't. It's like everyone's the judge from like the talent show in Back to the Future, where it's just like, oh, oh just, everyone's Huey Lewis. It's, it's too loud. It's too darn loud. <laughs> I just, it's like, uh, what, what is that? What, what are? I don't know. Like, how did, how did we get there? Anyway. Yeah, this this is probably the best song again on, on the on that on Girl School's Girl School album from nineteen ninety two, um, which is more like I said more um, not glam but more slick mm-hmm. rock than New Weather British Heavy Metal, which I was my, my, being like early Iron Maiden and fucking Venom. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't sound like well, that. but we think we think about it like that when you know it's like oh yeah like the fucking. You know, but like Def Leppard was in there. Like, I suppose so. The, it's, a, it's a pretty broad church. The, the, the Tigers of Pantang. Like, there's a lot of bands that were in. Like, Tigers of Pantang always get checked, and I've <laughs> never heard them. I've never, never been curious enough to even just type them into Spotify and listen to them. Maybe that's maybe next week oh, should just be a, the Tigers of Pantang there, special. Oh, no, there was a uh, Lars Ulrich made a two disc <laughs> compilation of the. <laughs> which is the only reason that i've heard like a lot of those how i heard venom for the first time but it's also like how i heard like the actual like like actual diamond head songs or whatever like it's because like he was like here's it is and what i was surprised about is i just assumed that everything was like motorhead and venom would be super heavy but most of it's more on the deaf leopard end of like you know kind of sub judas priest kind of like parking yeah. lot metal and not really like we like venom really stuck out as being like dudes who are like not giving a shit comparatively to the other people who are trying real hard to make listenable music you know yeah like pretty competent music yeah. so uh, before we move on from girl school i just have a question do you like pick slides because there's a yes, I, yes, I do. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan. <laughs> cool. <laughs> because there's a solo that seems to be almost entirely made out of pick, pick slides or various like <laughs> these key peaks, pick sliding. Then they'll play some leads. Then they'll go back to pick sliding. I I like some of the uh, the solos on uh, they they kind of shreddy the the solo. They were, they were again like oh, Motorhead being more more like fast blues kind of stuff this felt more like the record was more like metally shreddy sort of oh. stuff i'm like wow these they can no these women can really play not that <laughs> but it was like oh 
this is like a really technical band. This isn't <laughs> this isn't what I was because Motorhead. You like, that's I always think Motorhead, Motorhead and Girls School are the same thing. Yeah, they're not. They're totally different fucking bands. Yeah. <laughs> and and Girls School like they can really play and and kind of show off and stuff like like Skid Row. <laughs> exactly like Skid Row. All right, what's next? What's next is. Uh... Oh yeah, what's next is, is uh, young Paul Morgan's favorite song in the world. Oh, yeah. Piece of pie. Here's the but, thing. Uh, I you know I know sometimes we lean too heavily on uh, notes that we take, but I like to like get that gut impression of things. So I, here's my notes when I was listening back to this, which by the way I didn't need to be refreshed on this. The song is like in there. Like, oh, it's my weekly listen to, to piece of pie comes through this playlist instead yeah. of uh, just um, playing Coron. Uh, I wrote prime '90s bullshit. I love it. This is my jam in junior high. <laughs> so, um, I had core on cassette, and I think this is the first song on side two. And I was like, psyched. Sometimes I'd start on side two so I can get some fucking <laughs> drop D riffage and some nonsense, like some nonsense lyrics, just some garbage nonsense lyrics. I love. I love this song. This is great. This is great shit. Yes. I, I like this song too. Um, the guitars sound fucking great as well. Yeah. Uh, like they're really dense, heavy, really well-produced guitars. Probably like they sound like the Megadeth guitars kind of. That's the, yeah. the amount of care that they put into like double, triple tracking them or whatever. Like really getting a lot of guitar on there. His voice is fucking great. <laughs> Scott Welland was a fucking amazing singer. Like he, he could really do sleazy fucking songs yeah. better than anybody else. He had, yeah, down better than Lane Staley. He was <laughs> like... Yeah, also, he just... I, I, I Of the 90s, he he might sell a garbage nonsense lyric harder than anyone, <laughs> like, available. Just like... He's just like, you know... Like, just fucking... The most tossed-off rubbish, and he's just like... <laughs> it sounds like... You're like, oh, man, this is... He's really got something to say, and then you look at it, you look at the lyrics, and you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've got drunk and sung Interstate Love Song at karaoke. I don't know what the lyrics are, and I think if you if you wrote them down, you'd be like, this is, this is terrible. Yeah. Like, why, would you, why would you write this down? <laughs> it's the performance. That's what counts. No, the perfor- yeah, he's a sell fucking, it's the, it's the sizzle, not the steak. Like, just fucking <laughs> get in there. So, I mean, certainly... I was I was super I was super pumped. I, when I saw that this was part of the track list, I was like, "Great, there'll be at least one song that I'm gonna be like giddy to listen to, even though technically it's probably bad." I just I just really like it. I can't can't help it. And I, I gave um, I, I dug into the stand on parts a little bit this week because I don't think I'd listened to all of Core Purple and uh, Tiny Music dot 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 Tiny songs music. from the Ga- yeah. Vatican gift shop. I, I, I'm not sure I've ever listened to all of the records all the way through. So I thought, ah, oh, fuck it, stick these on. Um, Piece of Pie does stand out. It was a really good song on that. Yeah. I think it's it's one of the. It, it isn't like a garbage cut. It, it's like this. This could have been a single. Like there's the two. What were the two singles on on Core? Uh, they had a bunch like, of. They had uh, Plush oh. was the first one. Oh, Plush is good. Uh, Wicked Garden sex type was thing. a single, and I think Sex Type Thing might also have been a single. Oh, and Creep. Okay. They're the oh, definitive wow. Creep rocker. Uh, creep was was on there. <laughs> that, that, the, the, the creep you think of when people say creep, yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> Look, here's the thing: Wh- Hot- Wicked Garden. I didn't, I didn't care for to be honest, but yeah. like, I think Piece of Pie really stands out. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I think they got that first album is a bit samey 
and there's some filler on it. I, I actually like the next two albums, like especially Purple. I will actually like the, the third one's really strange because it's very jangly um, and <laughs> it sounds like the, it kind of sounds like one of the one Beatles period. You're like, oh, this is the, they're not really pulling from like heavy rock yeah. influences. That that it's more sixties. Um, birds kind of, you know, teenage fan club kind of like there's that, lot of that sort of sound in there. Yeah, I just think that it sounds but, good, but the songs are better. Like, I think they got better songs. Like, core is a lot of the songs on there. The ones I like even are like kind of funny. Like, it's because it's like the songs you think someone in 1992 or whatever would write. <laughs> like, it's like sounds like someone listened. Yeah. Got an early release of like the first Pearl Jam record. It was like got it, and then like well, wrote it all I mean, in a weekend. Were... And then I know that's not how it worked, but it just kind of sounds like it. They, they were a band since like 1985 or something, yeah. weren't they? Or like uh, mid 80s, and they didn't release anything until 1992. Yes, uh, I don't know. It takes a while to, to to get stuff together, but I'm not. Who knows? But I don't think they were necessarily playing grunge in <laughs> clubs in San Diego in 1989. I don't think they might have been sounded a lot more like Skid Row. Yeah, uh, I think whatever they were doing. And then, and then I think you're right. Then I think you know they had the first Skin Yard album. <laughs> what, yeah, like it, it does feel a little like oh man, like I'm like wait, wait, wait. We, I've got an idea. <laughs> we go. Right, let's. Look, the, I'm gonna buy a megaphone. We're gonna have some distorted vocals. We're gonna like fucking get a big buff we're gonna figure this out <laughs> it's like, yeah you know um, um that said still like it i it's oh yeah yeah i, I, I don't care about a band's integrity <laughs> i think i think it's it's funny to talk about it but you know um is um i don't have the track list in front of me my notes stop at this point um okay is it um the wild hearts now uh no uh now <laughs> Is now's the Nadir. <laughs> now's uh, Little Rich Boy by Asia. Ooh, okay. <sighs> oh my God, this you guys. Is, uh... <laughs> this is like the ring. Don't listen to this fucking song. <laughs> What's funny is you talked about this and you told me, you're like, yo, this is going to be, the, the is Asia song is the worst. Yeah. And it came on and, you know, there's some like keyboards and then kind of a riff. And oh, I'm like, this doesn't seem so that true, bad. And you're like, I don't, you're like what? What? Why is he? What? Who? Who's him to hate on synthesizers and and, and and guitars and drums at the same time? That's no. That's exactly what I like. And then vocals come in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then it's, then words stuck. <laughs> it oh. is. It is not great. Um, <laughs> also, uh, I just happened to to pull up the lyrics real quick for this. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> just a dream on the TVI. Yep. What? Shut up. <laughs> like if you swim in the dark. You lose a hand when you feed the shark. The sharks. <laughs> I also put some lyrics in this. Not now. The earlier this week. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, that is. Oh, they, they suck. It sucks so much. It's terrible. It's really bad. <laughs> See the dragonfly crack the diamond. Do you still feel high? Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, lyrics are hard. I'm going to need you to But it. honestly, every single time. They've done it. They. There's been other Asia songs that I've looked at or, or listened to in the past, and it's made me feel like, no, I can write lyrics. Everything's going to be... I can, I can write a fucking song. I can beat this. You know? <laughs> There's no... I, I, you know, you sometimes you feel... I don't know if you ever get this. You write a lot of songs, but sometimes you, your creativity and your confidence is down. You put Asia on, it goes right back up. You're like, I can, I can do this better than them. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's... Um, 
It's incredibly tough. Um, it's the, the opposite of like, if you listen to the chorus to um, Veronica by Elvis Costello, you're like, I'm out. I can't do this. Is fuck it. Yeah. Put Asia on. You're back in. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is so this was off of uh, one. I didn't realize Asia. I guess I, I I don't follow Asia's career, so I was like, why is Asia on? this cutting edge metal cd from 1992 like this is from an album from 1992 that has it is i guess some sort of space dolphin is like the cover the cover is i, I think all of the asia albums have some sort of space dolphin is the cover. there's a lot of the dragons too they're they're but this one because it's called aqua they went with space dolphin <laughs> flying <laughs> over some sort of metal planet it's it's pretty hilarious if you stare long enough, it's in 3D. I think that's <laughs> the, just to, just to get 1992 right down. Also, if you sweat on it, it changes color. I don't know if there's any other 90s things it might do. So, did you listen to this whole album? No, I cu- I uh, couldn't honestly get through. I started. The, I played the intro and I played the first part of the second song, and I was like, I I no, I can't. Not even for this this podcast. <laughs> here's here's the thing. I saw that the second song was Who Will Stop the Rain. And as a big Creedence yeah. Clearwater Revival fan, I was like, I want to hear Asia's take on this. <laughs> but it's but it's not that. It's, not that, it's is a it? different song like that appears to be about uh like you know global warming and the effects of like pollution on the planet. I think. Another thing from the nineties. <laughs> so they have a they have a song called "Who Will Stop the Rain" and "Back in Town." I'm assuming "Back in Town" isn't a Finn Lizzy cover. Is that "Boys Are Back in Town"? I'm not sure. I this seems like, <laughs> like the worst thing. Uh, Heaven is on that Earth. The actual title of the uh, of, of the Credence song because I think all of these sound like they're slightly the title of something else. Like yeah, the, the Belinda Carlisle song isn't called "Heaven on Earth." It's called "Heaven Is a Place on Earth." It's just like all of these are supposed to put you in mind of much better songs. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> um. Yeah, I it's I listened to this and then earlier in the week, the actual this <laughs> Little Rich Boy song. I listened <laughs> to it moments before we started recording just to like try to see if it was as bad as I remember it. And it it is it's quite frankly it was worse. It but I was laughing all the way through it because it is like bad in a hilarious way. It's and they also do that trick where the song fades out, and you oh, like, and then it fades back <laughs> in, and it's like, it's like, no, there's still more rock. I totally there's forgot about that. Still more rock sauce left in the bottle. What kind of weird rope dope is that? Like, why would they do that? I, I don't like it when the Smiths do that. So when this fucking song does that, it's like, no, fade, fade out and st- continue fading out, and never stop fading out. <laughs> fade out the rest of the album, even though this is like track four. Like just. <laughs> I want 12 more tracks of silence. Um, you think about what you did <laughs> during, during those tracks. Yeah, that... Um, uh, unsupportable, terrible. Mean, was there, like, why did they select this song? Do you think there was like a... Is it like a payola type situation? Like, why did that... S- is Asia- I don't know, because it's not like... But not the rest... The, it's not like everything's cool on that CD. Girl School weren't cool. They weren't cool in 1992. Like they might have some cachet now as being like, well, wow, you were there at the time, so. Um. Okay, so it wasn't like Asia wasn't like super big in the UK in 1992. I, like, I mean, not to not to my recollection. Okay. I don't think so. Um. Ugh. Yeah. What was the hit? The, the Asia got a fucking hit as um, well. Bring it up. 
Let me bring up this, my this is a heat of the moment. <laughs> That's the one. That's dreadful. It's hilarious to play. It's so plodding and slow. <laughs> like if they made it twenty percent faster, that might that might be all right. But it's just. Ugh. Yeah, but it's got a, it's got that iconic guitar riff that um, once you learn it on guitar, you can deploy it in the most <laughs> hilarious of moments, and that that it never doesn't get a laugh. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right. Okay, next song. Uh, next was the a, Wild Hearts. a band I had never even heard of. I'm going to be honest with you. This is great because uh, they, they were um, th- this this band was a huge deal to me at the time. They were one of the um, all, all the other bands on this thing were kind of already kind of established, but the Wild Hearts was kind of breaking out, and they were playing very small venues. And they became they became a band like an important band about when I was really getting into this sort of stuff and going to shows. So I got to see them a bunch of times at, at, at small venues, and it was really exciting. Uh, this is the Wild Hearts uh, Liberty Camp, which is on their first um, EP. They put like a mini album of uh, two EPs mushed together. The, the, the timeline and legal stuff around this is, is entirely unclear, but there's an eight-track uh, yeah. mini album uh, called Don't Be Happy, Just Worry. It's not on Spotify for some reason, but it's available in other places. And this is the um, and the fourth track on that. It's fucking mint. It sounds really good. Uh, it's, it's crushing, sort of like, not crushing, but like, doomy sort of bass intro thing mm-hmm. uh, before the guitars come in. It's kind of slow. Um, uh, it's supposed to be about mushrooms. That's a Liberty Gap apparently is a, is a type of mushroom that you can that you can take to to you know to trip to, <laughs> to groove to cop out. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All right, <laughs> that's a it's that's 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 what it's about. <laughs> no, I got it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. I had not like I hadn't heard a second of these dudes because I'd never heard of them before. But yeah, like pretty heavy, um, kind of doomy and stuff. But then it sort of picks up and has palm muted riffs. Pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. They, they were for a they sort of like um, pop rock or rock and roll or pop punk, but. The, the the but there is yeah more palm muted riffs in those songs than you would expect for someone that that name checks, you know, uh, Johnny Thunders and Elton John as the yeah. <laughs> as influences. It's more like oh yeah, but you also have a Sepultura sticker on your guitar. I kind of see yeah you see I kind of yeah, see how way. these things are fitting together. <laughs> like so yeah, they they were good. I I if you if you've not checked out other things by them, the the first EP and the first two albums are great. Okay, and then it's kind of uh, diminishing returns. Well, so they put out a lot of stuff and just apparently never broke through in any sort of way outside not of not the in the US that they, they were yeah. yeah they were they were they, not really in the UK they were, they were they they'd be like an, an indie hit so like they'd put out a single and it would go into the maybe into like the top 20 and then be gone the next week because their their fans have, have bought it and that's it yeah. <laughs> no one else is buying it so. yeah um so that was the penultimate song I guess the the final song on the CD from 1992. <laughs> it's a UFO <laughs> song you've been clamoring for. Yeah, it's only you can rock me um, by UFO from the album Obsession, which came out in 1978. <laughs> so here it is, <laughs> 14 years later. You know what? Aged like a fine wine. <laughs> it's great when you put it on and, the, and that riff starts. So you're like, oh, it's Kiss. Like it, it's it's straight up is Kiss. <laughs> it's a Kiss song. Yeah, but then instead of uh, vocals, like, an organ comes in. You're like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's fancy kiss. <laughs> like, what's, that, what's happening? Yeah, it's um, 
I mean, it's it's not the best song I've ever heard, but it's pretty enjoyable. It's got uh, yeah, it's got high uh high comedy value. I didn't look up when it was released, so I didn't realize it was from the seventies. But it doesn't. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it clearly like isn't from then. I I don't know if there was a I've not done enough re- research to prove that there was sort of re-release in nineteen ninety two, or if <laughs> or if Metal City was just going yeah. Also, some old <laughs> stuff. You should know about this. It's from the past. We're going to provide you an education as well. <laughs> like, but. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to pick really old stuff, maybe on Metal CD 1, they'd already done Black Sabbath. Uh, and they were like, well, <laughs> we have to move down quite a long way what? now. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So that's it. That's that's Metal CD 2. Yeah. Kind of kind of a mixed bag, but overall, <laughs> a thumbs up, I think. It's a, um, it's a wide sloth, swath of uh, metal, I would say. Like, what they're considering metal. Because... Flying Mullen, not normally ranked amongst the heaviest no. of bands, but you know. it, it it isn't. It's it's more it's more of a rock CD than a metal CD, yeah. isn't it? And uh, heaviest thing on there being Megadeth, maybe Slaves and Bulldozers, and the guitar on Piece of Pie. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's heavy on there. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, in conclusion, no conclusion, I guess. <laughs> no conclusion. No, obviously, no conclusion. Yeah. Um, holler at us about your favorite UFO tracks and um... <laughs> yeah, d- definitely do that. Especially if it's Doctor Doctor fading out and then Iron Maiden <laughs> coming on. <laughs> like that's the <laughs> that's my favorite UFO track. <laughs> okay, we're back for the last section. Uh, we're going to discuss what we're going to do next week on Keeping It Fifty One Fifty episode twenty. I guess it will be. Yes. <laughs> um, this is Paul's idea. Um, because because we spend a lot of time slagging off um, other bands and their terrible songs, see Asia. Um, and specifically, uh, Paul was slagging off uh, Spook Show Baby by, uh, by Rob Zombie. <laughs> it holds up as a terrible song. <laughs> uh, your suggestion is that we're going to try and both write a song that's at least better than Spook Show Baby <laughs> and maybe even better than Little Rich Boy. <laughs> the, the, the criteria, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's... But um, but we're not going to start right now, a week a week out from doing it. <laughs> we're g- we're going to have two hours to do this? Yes. This is, this is your... Uh, so... We, we, we start the podcast and then stop it and then two hours later come back exhausted, sweaty, and <laughs> like hoarse from yelling <laughs> and... Yeah, I think I and think, play out songs to each other. I think it's it's mostly starting the timer, and just whatever we have, whatever each of us has at the end of two hours is the song. You know, you okay. can't add anything to it after that. If you want to mix it a little more, that's probably fine. But <laughs> but uh, like right. The, but when we release them as separate podcasts of just the songs, no, no putting like ripping guitar solos over it. <laughs> Yes. Cool cool synths. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be individually we will start timers, work on things, and then we'll come in and in the main side we'll discuss and that and I should note that this has to be like songs that we haven't we have to be writing them in that time. It can't be songs you already yeah, have. Yeah. Um Cause... and then you just take two hours to record a thing you already have. It's literally you gotta come in with a blank like da okay. and then at the end of two hours, whatever you've added to that DAW is what, you know. Okay. Is but I'm allowed to use riffs that I have in my head right now, though, right? Yes. Like, 
Yes, uh, but if, if, I've not but previ- you- if I've not previously recorded them, I, mean, I want to get I want to get the rules right because this seems like a yeah, this well, seems like a hell of a challenge. I, I, you know, I think we all have songs in the bank. It would defeat the purpose if like I know like I have a song that was going to be a Wizcon song, but we never did it. And right. It's like all right, let me just record this. No, I'm not. I'm not going to pull out anything that's complete. But um, yeah, I don't know. The, the idea of actually coming up with something from absolute cold to done in two hours is a little challenging like oh i can't use that riff i've already thought of that riff you know um maybe to to keep ourselves honest um we can uh text each other things like you have to use the g chord or something you know what i mean like you know that way like you know you know like the hardest the hardest part for me well it's all gonna be really fucking hard but um lyrics like coming up with like a the two verses and a chorus in, in two hours is, is going to be is going to be challenging. Well, I am going to come up with some some little rich boy type shit. <laughs> like, well, just like, a little yeah, rich boy, yeah. like <laughs> fitting that. So, but I do have my my notebook of terrible ideas that I've written down. I may pull from that. Yeah, you have. I mean, that's if you know. Don't have to have vocals. Could have vocals. Up to you. It's your song. You got to figure it I out. I mean, feel like feel like vocals are important. You. You could, uh, you can feel like that, but yeah. <laughs> um, you're gonna come up with an 18 minute jazz on <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what we'll do next next week's right. episode. We'll, um, uh, we'll we'll talk about the the, the songwriting process right. and uh, how to use a doll. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll we'll debut our 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 two hour songs and then <laughs> make fun of them probably. <laughs> yeah. That w- <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if they're good enough to go on the Metal CD 200 or whatever it'll be. Peace. I could definitely write a song that's better than Little Rich Boy. Okay. (laughs) Okay.